Hi, this is Marty. And Tony. And welcome to the premiere episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a podcast focused on tabletop gaming. Well, Tony, I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. We've been talking about this for a long time, so... What, like months? Months. So, you know, well, I guess before we get really get into this, I guess we could introduce ourselves a little bit and kind of talk about what we want to do, so... I'll let you get the ball rolling on that part. Well, I appreciate that, Marty, throwing me the ball over here. Um, like I said, my name's Tony. Um, I've been playing games, oh, for about five years. Got it all really started um, back when I was a kid. You know, you, you, you enjoy playing those games on the back porch. And, you know, started out playing all the games that everybody played. Um, Risk. Stratego, Monopoly, all that good stuff. Really enjoyed games. Didn't know it would lead to the enjoyment that I have now. And my, you know, I'm married, got one kid, uh, professional out there, work for one of the largest utilities in the country. But on the weekends, nights, love to get together with friends, family, and play all kinds of games. Um, How about you, Marty? What got you over here? Well, number one, you said you've only been playing for five years. Come on. I, okay. That's not true. You, you're right. When did we start? <clears throat> when did we start Lord of the Rings? Well, that's true. You you did pimp that out on me a lot longer than it, it seems like. It's, I didn't realize it's been that long. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I guess it was. Not, yeah, time flies when we get this age. Unfortunately, so, I think it was ninety-eight or ninety-nine. Okay, so anyway, so I was kind of the same deal. Uh, really enjoyed playing games as a kid. <laughs> Some of the same games, Monopoly, Risk, even Uno. But what I realized is that the joy of gaming wasn't necessarily winning or anything like that. It was just a social aspect. I loved playing with my mom and dad and friends in the neighborhood and stuff. And Then we got to the 80s and 90s. Well, you know, me and you and probably many others out there are part of the video game age where I really got into video games. I had my Atari and my Nintendo and was kind of put the board games aside because I was so techy. Um, you know, Tony and I are both uh, engineers, and um, so we we're more into the geeky techy stuff. And, and and Marty, do you think we would have gotten our diplomas if we had discovered games? Oh, I don't know, like magic when we were in school. <laughs> Please, no, we, no. It was a very good thing that we're so old that things like uh, World of Warcraft and Actually, I guess we graduated a couple years before Magic came out. So we, if we would have been tempted by those things, forget it. I'd be living on the street somewhere. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, Marty, tell me, why did you want to start this podcast? I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to participate with you. But, but what was the brainchild? Why did you want to bring this out? Well, let me finish my story first, okay? Sorry. So, so 80s and 90s, I was into video games, and then I got into multiplayer games, and it was at that point... I realized I kind of like, I missed the social aspect. And that's when a brother-in-law of mine introduced me to the game we just referred to earlier, the uh, Lord of the Rings collectible card game. Well, naturally, I needed somebody to play with, so Tony, I reached out to you, and you said yes, and then that was very bad because we spent a lot of money on that game. Yes, we did, and I mean, I, I can remember thinking it was the best thing. Oh, it was feeding our addictions of what we did do in college, collect baseball cards, but now we could actually play games with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's actually a very good point. I forgot, during college we collected baseball cards, sorted it, put them in books. Well, now we did the same thing with Lord of the Rings, except we'd pull them back out and play a game with them. So, bad, very bad. So, when I realized that the... um 
the CC addiction could not keep on or I would, you know, not have any money to put food on the table with, discovered uh, board games uh, with one of the first being Settlers of Catan, which we're actually going to talk about in our Casual Corner segment coming up. And then from there, it just it blew up. And I became obsessed with all types of board games and card games and even more ris- recently, miniature games and even RPGs. It's a whole new world out there. You didn't realize what was there. And, you know, it, it's a good way. It's a good way to spend family time, no doubt. It's a good way to bring, you know, neighbors, not all neighbors, which I think is one of the things we want to get out of this podcast that we're hoping to get started and share with everybody out there in the world is, you know, how do you bring the friends along? Um, how do you introduce people to those gaming? What brought us into that? No, that that's that's a great point. I, I think one of the things we want to do is, as I'm I'm a, a father of three boys, and as somebody like probably like yourself who doesn't have a lot of time to game, when you find times to game, uh, what are you going to game with? And you get with family and friends who aren't into gaming. Well, how can you introduce them into this tabletop gaming hobby? without them getting extremely intimidated by what they see. And that's one thing we want to do, too, is kind of is, is help people maybe who are new to the hobby uh, see find out what the hobby's about, but then also more for some of the hardcore players. We'll, we'll get into some more, more of the meaty stuff, too. I think that's kind of what the whole purpose of this podcast is going to be, is basically uh, just try to hit a couple different audiences. And it could be that uh, maybe we're just talking to a lot of people that already play games but aren't sure how to get their family and friends into gaming absolutely and or do like what we do i I know i'm sure it's happening to you marty where you'll be standing in a big box store and you're looking at the various games and um, we'll talk about this in future episodes Um, but you know somebody's holding a box and they're like well do i spend the money on this or or and you can give them that advice And, and you know especially with the holiday seasons coming up you know I got asked that just the other day while I was I was standing there, and um, I had to give him a little advice. You know, you know, I don't I don't think that's the game you want just for uh, your your friends or anything like that. So hopefully we'll we'll provide a little community service here. Yep. And with that, why don't we just go ahead and move into our first segment? So our first segment today is going to be casual corner. Hopefully this will be a a recurring theme among our podcasts where we talk about those games that are more in line for the casual game player, not your hardcore gamer, not your games that are going to last two to three hours, but games where, you know, a group of friends, four player, three player, two player, whatever, that you can just introduce them to games that go beyond Monopoly, Trouble, you know, Connect Four. So in Casual Corner, we're going to talk about Settlers of Catan. Ah, yes. Settlers, like I said earlier, that was the one that kind of introduced me to the whole board gaming thing, so take it away. Now, now Marty, I'll, I'll go ahead and you know make people make fun of me, but I will also admit that, you know, I did pronounce it Catan. I'm sorry. Yes, that was when I was new to this, but it's Settlers of Catan. Is that right? Uh... Okay. You know what? We'll have to wiki that one. I'm not sure. We'll need to wiki that one. I will need to wiki. Hey, maybe somebody can let us know. I I guess I could wiki it. Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan. While you're looking into that, just to correct me later or whatever, um, it's one of the first Euro games that I ever got the opportunity to play. 
Um, it was, I think, Marty, you introduced me to this one, one evening um, when we were over at the house playing games. You said, you need to try this game. You had gotten it first. Um, it's different. It was when we first started getting out board games. So for those of you who've never played, I mean, I don't know. If you haven't played it, you really need to give it a try. Um, there's a, a great webcast on it. I know those who are probably listening to this listen to Tabletop, don't you think, Marty? Tabletop from Geek and Sundry that Will Wheaton hosts, right? Exactly. He's done series yes. on that, guys. If you're not watching that, we're not trying to steal from them, but he does an excellent job on introducing the game, how to play it. But this is mostly just to get you a quick idea. It's a resource management game where you're trying to go out, score 10 points, leadership um, victory points, 10 victory points to win the game. Some of the victory points are hidden. Some are known on the board. You're trading. You've got social interaction. Um, probably the funniest thing about Settlers of Catan is that when people try to do trades, they always get confused. Sheep for wool, uh, sheep for brick. Oh, wait, you want my brick for your sheep? No, no, I want your she your 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 sheep, not your brick. That's always fun to try to try to manage, and I'm sure there's people out there who understand what we're talking about. But for one of your first Euro-style games, Settlers of Catan, Marty, what do you got to add here? Um. Yes, so if there's any Big Bang Theory fans out there, you may remember this one episode where they were actually playing Catan uh, somewhere at some point in the show. Um, it's a, um, is it a hexagonal board? I guess um, it's, it's piece, the map pieces are interchangeable. So every time you play, the map's going to be different. And the resources you get are, and watch me forget them, but there's sheep, um, wood, grain, brick, ore. I got them all. And you collect these resources over time and you build things such as roads and buildings. Building the buildings gives you victory points. Well, it takes a certain combination of those resources to be able to build those things. And you have a dice or two dice that you roll and each segment of the map has a number on it. And when you roll the dice, um, whatever number comes up, that segment of the map will produce that resource. So for example, say there's a piece of the map that was had a, a six on it and that also changes every game too um, what numbers are on there but uh, six comes up basically that segment produces ore and if you have a building that's anchoring that piece of the map then you're going to get that resource well the thing is is you can't build to collect every different type of resource so it, you will have to have interaction between players to trade now Maybe that does sound kind of confusing to people that never played the game before, but it's one of those things that once you sit down with somebody that knows how to play or teaches somebody, they pick it up pretty quick. And once they pick it up, I think it's where the social interaction that people just really enjoy it. Definitely agree with you there. Um, some of the pros about Settlers of Catan is, is the social. It, it's a very quick game. Um, if you've got well, well, you're right. What, what do you consider? What do you consider quick? When, when I say quick, I'm talking about you're not. There's not a lot of um, uh, analysis, downtime, uh, downtime oh. analysis, paralysis. Oh, should I do this or that? You either have the resources to do it or you don't. You know what I'm? No. Yeah. I guess I was. I guess the length of the game is. I don't know. I think they're supposed to take hour, hour and a half. I guess that's what ours typically takes. I've had some that go on forever, it seems like. But 
it's supposed to fall in about that that time frame, depending on the number of, of uh, players that you have. And the length, I think, will change if you get players who are very protective of their resources that are counting on roles. It's it's if you got a good gaming group that's willing to to actually play the game and to do the trades. It, it makes the game go a lot better, and that's that's one of the knocks about this game. You you need to judge your group and seeing if they're willing to do the trading because that's the big part of this game. You have to trade re- your resources. Oh, that that's true, and it's also well, like you said, it's also the part that makes the game fun because there's very little downtime. Even when you're the one rolling the dice, when you do, anybody that's that's around that spot will collect resources at that time and at that time the trading market I guess pretty much opens up and then the person who rolls the dice is the one that initiates wheeling and dealing so everybody gets in on every single turn which is the one nice thing I really liked about it and and one of the things that may turn off some gamers um, I, I know that there are some gamers oh I don't know Marty maybe your wife where you have an adversary the thief where they where if you roll a seven that thief blocks people getting resources and and that may be a turn off um to our gamers out there if if they don't like to be mean to one another okay yeah so you you brought that up yes that's correct my wife is one of those that when we started using the robber and she saw what it did whenever she rolls a seven she will not put the robber in a spot where a person can get resources so basically if there's an empty spot she'll put the robber there so it doesn't affect anybody she doesn't want to feel like she's picking on anybody so that's kind of different where probably me and the rest of my boys are kind of cutthroat and we're going to shut down your resource supply she doesn't want to do that so it, there you can have a house rule where you don't use the robber right that, some people won't like that but but it does make the game a little more friendly yeah my neighbors have that house rule when we play they don't use the robber it confuses them and i'll be for honest my wife she'll hurt you with it she'll come after your resources <laughs> that's the way she plays she's playing this game if we took the time and this is a con to set up that board and as long as nobody bumps the table you know you're solid there um she's going to want to play to win that game so that's probably one of the bigger cons to me marty is having to set up that board and i even have the version where the pieces interlock to form the boundary so it keeps the keeps the tiles in i've got the i think it's version four uh one thing we forgot to mention is this is a game by mayfair games settlers of Qatar. yes i'm not even going to try to say who the designer of this game was i always mess up his name um, but you can find it at your local big box store or definitely online or if you have a local gaming uh, shop in your neighborhood highly recommend you go check it out some of them will even let you demo the game they have them open ready for you and will teach teach you if you have any interest in that anything else marty to wrap this up the uh well just uh yeah mayfair games it came out in 95 this game has been out for uh quite a while and it's it's won lots of awards and there's tons of expansions now talked about a lot of the pros some of the cons our family really doesn't play that much anymore and it's just because we've gotten into a little bit deeper games that are a little more heady uh take a little more thought and you know my feeling on some dice rolling games right oh yeah love those dice don't you man that's why we have the name of this show you know <laughs> this um <laughs> seems like when i play Catan. So that statistically, I mean, quick short, quick statistics thing. When you have two dice that you're rolling, it forms a bell curve. The most common rolls a seven. The next most common is a six and eight. So the idea is, if you have your guys uh, around resources, 
uh, that have the six and eight numbers on them, they should come up more often in your dice rolls, except when I play. It's like I will have my guy sitting around a location that has a six, and a six will not come up, and it just drives me insane. Um, we track the dice rolls. That's how bad it is here. So anyway, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, so uh, that's Settlers of Catan by Mayfair Games. And like we said, you can find a lot of um, information online, like on uh, YouTube videos and see how it plays. It is at your uh, big box stores. That's one of those games that is carried a lot in places such as Target or Toys R Us. Lots of times you don't find Euro-style games. That's that's what that one's called in stores like that. But Settlers of Catan is one, and we definitely think you should check it out. And uh, I'm sorry to throw this out because I was in uh, Target today. They are also carrying the Settlers of Catan Star Trek version now. So if you've got that sci-fi guy out there that you want to um, get him something, there you go. There's another alternative for you. Nice. Settlers of Catan. Check it out. Well, here it is. It's, it's the beginning of December, and I know in my um, household, all my family games. And so each year, usually each of my boys have a game or something that they're interested in. So I thought, well, we'd take some time, and I would go over some of the games that my, my boys are interested in. And, uh, Tony, I think you have some that I think you might would recommend, too, uh, not only for kids, but for um, other gamers, maybe a little more hardcore or, or some more mainstream games that people might be looking for as gift ideas for Christmas. Absolutely right, Marty. I was walking around um, Target and was noticing just how their game selection has changed over time. You know, like you said, we both have kids and, you know, you used to go in there and all you would see were what's your your usual Parker Brothers uh, games, things like that. And it's amazing how the stores have changed from that. So, yep, got a few ideas out there for those looking for that last minute gift or possibly, you know, a a sort of a surprise. Yep. So my youngest son, we went to a a local convention uh, here in our area uh, back in November and a game uh, was being demoed at that time from a company called AEG, a game called Smash Up. Now, this is a game that, um, it's, it's just a basic card game. No border is involved, just cards. And the idea, it's, it's a mix-up or smash-up of different types of genres of... Well, let me just give examples. I'm not sure what the genres of. So, there's eight different decks. And there might be, there's one deck that's like pirates, one deck that's aliens one deck that is zombies and so there, there's different types of, of uh, creatures or abilities that they have and people take two decks mix them together and basically play a game so the idea is you can actually have you know the old classic argument what's better pirates or ninjas well you can take pirates and ninjas and combine them together and make a deck to play against somebody else's combination and the whole purpose is and I won't go into too much detail is you have these what they call bases out there are these cards where you put your guys on and try to get enough points to take that base over and that uh, base has a point value to it whoever gets to 15 points first wins so my youngest son who is 10 years old became infatuated with that game because he loved the art on the cards and the fact that you could mix up things like robots and aliens or zombies and pirates he was just amazed by that and he played that game so much so that game has just come out and he put it on his uh his wish list and i think we're going to have to to get that one for him because i I think that'll be a fun one now the only downside is it is only four player 
ours, ours is a family of five, but somebody will have to sit out. And since it's one of those confrontational games, I'm betting it might be my wife. I think you pretty well can put good money on that one there. Now, my middle son had a chance to try a game at a, uh, a local gaming store that he really got into. It's a game called Flux. It's from uh, Looney Labs, and it's a game that's been out for a while. I guess uh, the first version came out around 96 or so. And the name of the game is pretty much explains what it is. You kind of, you kind of draw a card, you play a card, but the rules of the game changes based on the card that you play. So the rules are always in flux. Ha ha, there's, there's the play on the words. But the, um, there's many different versions that's come out over the years, such as a zombie flux and Martian flux and pirate flux and Cthulhu flux and Wild West flux, all these different flavors. Well, the one that my son was interested in, because he's big into sci-fi, was Star Flux. So we're going to be getting him that, and to be honest with you, I am not that excited about it. Oh, come on, why? Because, have you've played Flux, No, I've you? never played Flux. Matter of fact, Star Flux is on my list, along with the game I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, so this surprises me. Okay, here, here's why. Every time I get stuck, not stuck, I'm sorry, Every time I play a game of Flux, it's one of those games there's no ticking clock as you're trying to collect a set of cards. Well, what you're the set you're trying to collect changes based on what's played on the table. So when you come very close to collecting your set, somebody could change the rules and all of a sudden it doesn't apply anymore. Hence Flux. So, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Hence Flux. And what that means is a game could be over pretty quick. Our game could go on forever because people are always messing with everybody else. Now, it's interesting. They say the playing time, and I love how this is stated, 20 minutes on average varying greatly. That is very true. If it was just 20 minutes, it would be awesome. But I've sat there for an hour to the point where, please, somebody just win this game. So, it's a good game, but it's one of those that you, I can either have a good experience with it or a bad experience with it. So I'm interested to see if you get it, you know, what you think of it. I, oh, I'll definitely do that. I don't know. It's Like I said, it's on my list. Um, when I watched it, another one, you know, I used tabletop just like you to, to look at them. I found it very interesting. I love the Star Flux. I especially liked all the Star Trek references because, you know, that it's kind of funny, especially when they talked about the red shirt. You, you're right. I mean, it's constantly changing, so that's that's interesting. But it's worth getting because it's it's not an expensive game. Um, it's under it's under twenty bucks. Well, so it's one of those. It's not a big investment. Oh yeah. Well, that's reason enough to do it. And easy to teach people to play. And um, non-hardcore gamers or, or you know people don't play a lot of games can pick it up really easy so that's where the big advantage of it is and, and you know me I, after the uh christmas i always had to my friends in kentucky and i'm the i'm the guy who brings the new game so on my list you know i've i've added a game that's been around since 1904 it's called pit and it's a fast pace card game that's up to eight players and our group is six players and, and that's on my list this year I, I saw it on um tom vassal's you know the dice tower he was talking about it and reviewing it and I, I forget where it was in his top 100 i don't know if you remember marty i do not but anyway so i've said you know 
it's about trading the commodities. It's based on the Chicago Stock Board. It's an interaction game. It's fast, and and that's really what that group likes to play. They don't. They're not into the Euro type games. They're not into the big big um, thinking games. And so I said, you know, they like playing card games. Well, I can only play so much, um, you know, Opisha and, and and games like that, Sequence, um, which we're going to talk about in future episodes about all the various card games that we love playing. But I thought I'd give this one a chance. So between either Flux, Starflux, or Pit, hopefully I'll be taking one of those. And, and Starflux and Pit are on my Christmas list as well. So along that line, if you're out thinking about shopping for someone on your games. We've mentioned some previous games. I took a recent trip to Target and I was looking at the games that are on display and, and they've got some really good games. So a couple games we'd like to mention to you to to finish out that list for that last minute gift like I helped a lady today. Uh, I highly recommend if you want to do a game that leads down to the, to the harder games, recommend Pandemic. You can find it in uh, Target and it's a co-op game and don't want to go too much into it but highly recommend adding this game for if you've got a bunch of gamers and you want to step into this it's a great game easy game to learn a lot of videos a lot of uh, FAQs out there for you to read but it's actually now in a local store you don't have to order it so that's that's a benefit yeah and I'll I'll, I'll tag on to that great co-op game that's kind of one of the first true co-op games I ever played as far as a, a tabletop game and uh, like Tony highly recommend it and that's probably one of the, and the reason why we're not talking too much about it is because definitely that's on the list to be talked about in casual corner one time exactly um, if you're looking for that party game going beyond charades jesters you know the trivial pursuit craze has try, uh, died down a little bit recommend wits and wagers it's probably it's one of the better games i've played with a group i mean you can have you know anywhere from four up to 25 people however you can divide teams evenly it's a game where you get everybody in it's great trivia game because you don't have to be right matter of fact you're not going to be right it's a guessing game some people may be turned off from that but if you're looking for that party game to take to someone, Wits and Wagers, Wits and Wagers Family, either one of those can be found at Walmart, Target carries it, um, Toys R Us. It's a great game to pick up. I have it in my um, game collection. I always take it because everybody loves to do that because I got a bunch of people who think they are Google, and that game just proves them wrong. Uh, yeah, Um Another one of those games we'll just have to talk about in the future, some of the examples of some of the things that you're asked. But it's not going to be one of those trivial pursuit type games where you know the answer. Right. And, and one of the last games I saw um, being displayed um, was Dixit. Now, if you've got the creative people in your family, people who like to try to be um, what, storytellers or or not. Um, Dixit is a game where you're trying to describe a card and get people to guess what that card is. Don't really want to go in, uh, like I said, don't, we're not going to go into them, but personally it, it wasn't one of my favorite games, but Dixit is another very popular game. It's one that I know is in Marnie's game collection. It is. I cannot remember where I heard about it. We got it right after it came out. It seems like one of the online stores I was keeping up with. It was always sold out and it was very popular. I read some reviews and got it. 
it is true you have to be very creative to play this game almost to the point where it can be almost I don't want to say intimidating but you, you have to really think outside the box basically you're, you're shown a, a picture and you have to come up with like a story behind it and uh, sometimes that's tough to do right off the top of your head especially if you can't think of anything because the story that you tell can't be so obvious as what the picture is about which is part of the game and we can talk about that some other time but it is a good party game if you're into looking for something like charades or something like that it definitely falls in line with something like that right so if you're going out last minute shopping looking for that game at your local target walmart toys r us uh, that you can find pandemic settlers dixit wits and wagers flux all those can be found at, at those stores now highly recommend it. Well, Marty, that's about all the time we got for today. And for those people that are listening, I appreciate you taking the time. Hope we didn't uh, spend too long there yakking it up. But uh, in the future, we'll have some other shows. We'll talk about other games. And I hope everybody has a safe holiday season. So, Marty, if you would, close us out. You got it. If you'd like to send us questions or comments, you can contact us at our email address, rolldicetakenames at gmail.com. That's rolldicetakenames at gmail.com. Also, you can contact us on our Google Plus page, Rolling Dice and Taking Names. I, too, would like to wish everybody a great holiday season and a very Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. No dice were harmed in the making of this podcast.